and welcome to another episode of the Connected Coach Podcast. This is the episode for you to learn about ways that you can connect to yourself, ways that you can connect to your clients, and ultimately to create more connection to the universe and your aliveness. And I'm your host, Hannah Deindorfer, and today I'm so excited to share that I have a guest, Stephanie, here with us. Hello, Stephanie. Hello. Hello. Um, so Stephanie is an incredibly talented somatic experiencing practitioner and a sex coach. She specializes in healing sexual trauma, uh, inner child work, breath work, tantra. She just has a range of incredible tools that she pulls together in her perfectly unique way that causes just incredible transformation for her clients. And I've seen her do her work live, both on me and on many of my clients inside of my group programs. And so I'm so excited just to have a conversation with you today. Mm, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talk about all of those things that you just said. <laughs> yay, yay. Amazing. So um, let's just go ahead and dive into it. I would love to know a little bit more about your story and what led you to using somatic experiencing and somatic work as a tool for healing sexual trauma and maybe a little bit about your own journey with that and then talking about how you do that with clients. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I guess just like laying it out there, let's go deep fast. Yes. <laughs> I am a childhood and adult survivor of sexual trauma. So this topic is very near and dear to my heart, not only professionally, but personally as well. And I, you know, was introduced to somatic work. It's so crazy. The years flow together. It was many, many years ago. <laughs> time, time is irrelevant. It really totally doesn't matter. <laughs> right? It was many, many years ago. And, and, you know, I had a really strong background in embodiment with yoga and tantra and breath work and um, personal development and therapy and all the things. But I went to a personal development retreat and I didn't really know anything about it. Actually, just like an influencer on Instagram talked about it. And I was like, sign me up. It's on my birthday. I'm going to show up and just do it. They even asked me like on my interview, do you want to know what this is about? And I was like, no, just surprise me. <laughs> just show. It's like such a feminine way to like go about signing up for personal development work. You're like, you know what? Whatever. It'll be fun. <laughs> whatever. Everybody survives. So we're good. Just whatever the process is. I just yes. trust the process. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so while I was there, um, you know, I had written in my application form about my, my sexual trauma and different things. And they kind of just dived into that. Like when it was my turn, they just like picked me up and it was like, talk about it. And I vividly remember, I just fell to the ground. <laughs> like standing in front of my small group and I just fell to the ground. And it was the first time that I had really outside of therapy been witness in expressing my trauma. And little did I know that all of the facilitators were somatic experiencing practitioners or somatically trained. And so the stuff that they started doing and the questions that they were asking me and all of the different processes I thought that they were like working magic on me or like voodoo oh. shit. I was like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but somehow I finally feel like I am getting this out of my body. Mm. And not only did I experience that, 
but I was in a group, you know, there was like 50 people and then my small group of 10 and I was just witnessing everybody have these breakthrough transformations Mm -hmm. with these processes. So much so that I went home, integrated, and then I went back to staff for this. Mm -hmm. And so then I witnessed hundreds more and was an active participant in the process. And I remember I just like pulled one of the practitioners and said, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing to these people? Like, I was just like, it was mind blowing. And so she told me, she's like, it's somatic experiencing. And I was like, well, how does one do this somatic experiencing (laughs) (laughs) or learn this? How do you do this voodoo? (laughs) Exactly. I was like, I love magic. So how do I do this magic? Like, Sign me up. Is this like a witch school or what? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so I went home and I immediately signed up for Peter Levine's somatic experiencing practitioner program. It's a three-year trauma trauma therapy program. Mm -hmm. And even just going through the program then changed my life. And the effects that it had personally on me, I knew that my niche was going to be with sexual relational and attachment trauma Mm because oftentimes they go hand in hand. And so that's what I focused on. I found, you know, in the somatic experiencing world, there's not too many people that openly discuss sexuality and sexual trauma, Mm. but there are a few really really skilled facilitators that I just like clung to. And I went to everything that I could to learn from them. And then bringing this in with clients, it's just, it's so transformational. It's because we can sit and we can talk about our trauma. We can talk about the effects it has on us. But until we start completing these stress cycles that never Mm -hmm. got to be done. And in most cases, that's this fight or flight energy that's been trapped Mm -hmm. inside of us. And we start removing this freeze response, this guilt and the shame that come up with that as well. Mm -hmm. And really like rewrite this thematic imprinting. Yes. You can only get so far. And so for me, it was like, oh, this is literally like the pinnacle of my education. Like this is, this is it. And this Mm -hmm. is now what I am going to bring forth. Mm. I love that so much. And I think The point that you made is really, really important for people to know, because I think in this coaching space that we're in, there's so much emphasis on mindset and so much emphasis on like rewriting narratives in your head and positive affirmations and blah, blah, blah. But like all that's incredible. I'm a huge proponent of NLP. I love mindset work. I love affirmations. But if you have trauma, like trauma is not the event, like trauma is the continuous impact of that event on your lived experience and the impact on your aliveness. And if you don't address the physical re-experiencing of that trauma and how it's impacting your life, like you said, constantly being in this fight or flight response, there's just not healing that's happening. You're like laterally sidestepping or like just becoming more aware of the insanity that you're experiencing without actually doing any release of that. So I love that you do this work. I think it's like some of the most important healing work that can be done. So thank you, first of all, for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And 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 I agree, you know, the cognitive work is is phenomenal. And I got very far with my, you know, cognitive therapist and with the affirmations and everything. And I think that that's such a beautiful place to start. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you're ready for that deeper level, mm-hmm. it really combining that with the somatic work is that's where, that's where the magic actually happens. 
totally. Because you're you're addressing and you're touching in every single part of your brain, right? Yes. You're getting into the primal brain, the limbic mm-hmm. brain, the cognitive. It's like mm-hmm. everything comes together to help rewire your nervous system mm-hmm. into this sense of regulation. And it finally begins to feel safe, being at peace, yes. being in your aliveness, living big, living whole, like embracing your sexuality. Yes. And those are things that are taken away from you during trauma. So totally. it really is rewiring your whole nervous system to even be like, oh my God, is it even safe to be loud? Is mm-hmm. it even safe to speak? Yes. Is it safe to be me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to feel accepted and to feel belonging and to feel loved. Like there's just so much access to the essential components of human experience that people and survivors of trauma just don't have access to if they don't have some of these tools. Um, I'm curious if you have any like really easy beginner steps for people who are like maybe not quite ready to hire a somatic experiencing therapist yet, but want to start to benefit from some of the modalities of somatic experiencing or the tools that are within that somatic tool set, like, like breath work or movement practices or anything like that, that someone who's able to not able to afford it or not able to get access to it yet, or not quite ready yet can start to practice uh, in their everyday life. Absolutely. So I think you kind of nailed it when you said breathwork and movement, because those two things are accessible for free for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so um, you know, one practice and, and I know you do this as well as I do, it's, it's just a movement practice, like having an intentional movement practice every day. And this is not a workout. Mm-hmm. Like this is setting aside five minutes and putting on a song and moving your body. Yes. And this might look like shaking, like, like literally like you're a dog, right? <laughs> yes. Like you see dogs, dogs are not stressed out. Why? Because they freaking shake all the time. <laughs> you know, you look at like the zebra who just got chased by a lion and then he gets away, he shakes from head to tail. Mm-hmm. And so just allowing your body to move and to shake or express itself through dance it's not a really radical concept for most people yeah. to intentionally move their body every day for five minutes mm-hmm. for one song, just one song. Yeah. But it's life changing. It really is so radical, but it's literally life changing. It's so like- simple too. <laughs> it's so simple. And I love that. I love that. It's like, I think people often overcomplicate healing too. Like they get mm-hmm. so in their head about like, I'm broken. I need, I'm like, I have all this complex trauma that I need to fix through all these really complex healing modalities. And so they make that into a reason why they can't start to practice healing or they can't self-heal or start to work on that themselves. And it's just so much more simple, I think, than a lot of people make it out to be. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you do that every day for one month and your life will radically change. Agreed. You yeah. take three breaths before you do a movement practice and three breaths after, and you're going to feel radically different. And even just that, even just a breath work practice, like really just placing your hands. And I like to have people, if it feels safe, like on their low belly, mm-hmm. like really grounding into the low belly and just breathing in there. And it doesn't have to be complicated breath work, just in through the nose and out through the mouth and just let the belly expand and do that for 60 seconds twice a day. Yeah. Again. That's the other thing is it's, it's not this hour long. I have to carve out 90 <laughs> minutes for a breathwork practice. It's like, no, if you can do that twice a day for 60 seconds, you're like fucking gold. Do that every day so for good. a month. <laughs> and this entire practice can be done in less than 10 minutes a day. Yes. 
And that's, that's the embodiment. That's mm. the integration. I love doing that. it every single day. That's so good. Oh, so good. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to touch on, uh, we're going to keep this relatively short. So the other aspect um, that you mentioned was that like, you're a survivor of childhood trauma. And so I want to like veer this a little bit into um, inner child healing and how someone could get started with that. Maybe what are some misconceptions about inner child healing that you see happening quite often in the space and how can someone get started with that? Or what do you think inner child healing is and how do you do that with your clients? Uh, So inner child healing is some of the deepest work that I've personally ever done. And it's really learning to hold like the most tender place inside of you, Mm. your truest essence of love that gets you know, traumatized. It gets told to be quiet. It gets told to sit down and shut up. It gets told it's too much. It gets told that its body is, you know, too sexual, unsexual enough, like fucked up, like blah, 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 all the conditioning. And it's really being able to, to discover where this, I almost give it like a personality. Like Mm -hmm. it's like a sub-personality that lives inside of you. So I really like to connect people into where this place is in their body Mm -hmm. and how do you relate to that? And what does this child need? Like, what did you need when you were growing up? And sometimes it's, it's to rage. Yes. (laughs) It's like, you know, in my own healing, it was like, I had to get the rage out. Like you weren't fucking there to protect me. Mm -hmm. You didn't do this. And I had to actually really embody what it would have felt like to be able to say these things and do these things. And receive the love that I want. And I think that that's where a lot of people stop, right? Is they do this work to kind of dig up everything. And where I like to step in and add in a little bit extra is really beginning to empower your own inner feminine and your own inner masculine, mm-hmm. right? Cause we both have the, we all have the polarities inside of us, mm-hmm. but once you're able to create this relationship with your own empowered inner feminine and inner masculine, it's like they get to step in and be that parent or be that caretaker mm-hmm. that you never received. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're freaking out because he didn't text you back. Okay. Mm. Well, what do we need right now? Or like, Mm -hmm. you're feeling like you're about to be abandoned. Like, well, who do you need right now? Like, I want my inner masculine just to hold me. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to be held and told, like, I'm never going to leave you. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm here. And so to really like also empower these two different places within you is such uh, a beautiful piece of work that I think is often missed right? Mm-hmm. In, in this reparenting, it's like, we don't have to like physically meet Stephanie, have to reparent completely. Mm-hmm. We can call in these protectors and these mm-hmm. competent protectors. And when you do that work with clients, it's really quite beautiful because sometimes it's like my inner feminine is this like protective tiger. And like, sometimes <laughs> she just cuddles up to me and holds me. And sometimes she's like ripping people's fucking heads off, you know? <laughs> yes. And so it's, it's awesome to have like these supports. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel like you have to do it alone mm-hmm. because that's also an essence of inner child healing is that you're not alone. Yeah. So when you're talking about these supports coming in, you're talking about your inner masculine and your inner feminine coming in to hold you and feeling like you're not alone. These aspects are things that you're generating, right? Like you're generating these aspects of self, these reparented selves, but you're imagining them to be forces both of you and not of you. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. So they can be internal. They can be external. Sometimes it's very much like 
this is like my heart space or my womb is my inner feminine. And that's mm-hmm. where she lives. And she has the power and the knowledge and the wisdom to hold this part. And mm-hmm. like I said, sometimes it's this external, it's like, no, I need this ferocious tiger to come in mm-hmm. and, and be this, this inner feminine embodiment of mm-hmm. what I needed as a child yeah. and what I still need to come in when I get triggered. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Okay. You said the other thing you said that I want to draw out is, and double click on is you said that it's important to develop relationships to each of these parts, to the mass, to, to the inner masculine and to the inner feminine, and that we do have both already inside of us. So are there things that we can do? I know my the people who are listening are like, all right, let's like, let's like do some things. It's, it's like such a, such a masculine desire to like, to be doing. Yes. Right. So <laughs> like, what, what could someone do to, to start or to open a practice of relationship to the masculine? And how would that be different than opening up a practice of relationship to the feminine? And how do those ask, like, how would that, how would that happen? Yeah. So actually the process that I use is very similar, um, to open it up, to Mm -hmm. begin to have this communication. And oftentimes I begin working with a, um, more feminine or mother archetype caregiver mm-hmm. or, you know, a masculine father caregiver. Mm-hmm. And we, we work there to kind of see what that relationship was mm-hmm. and then bring it inside and start to witness, well, where do I, where, where can I take care of that? Like, where is it that, you know, I can, I can do this. Like if, if we're working specifically like on the feminine or specifically on the masculine, it's like, well, where is that masculine part of me that I always needed to be my protector or I needed my, you know, dad to be more emotionally available. Well, where can I be more emotionally available for myself? Yes. You know, how do I, how do I find that? And is that somewhere in my body or is that like an external thing? I mean, I one time did it and it was like the rock came and he was like, <laughs> I'm going to be your master, your inner masculine today. And I was like, well, I kind of want to bang you, but you could totally be the inner masculine. Well. But it was just like this protector. And I was yes. like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing to even be speaking out loud. But like, that's what it was that day. And so it can kind of transfigure as mm-hmm. well with like what you need when you start to get in tune with that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. oh. The rock. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. I think like um, the last point I want to touch on that I think is so powerful in what you're sharing is that a lot of this work is reparenting work. Like a lot of this work is like, okay, I'm looking outside of myself for validation, for support, for comfort, for reassurance. And rather than fulfilling that need externally, a lot of the work that you're talking about relates back to like, okay, how can I fill this for myself? What do I need and how can I meet this need for myself? And I guess the question comes for me is like, where do you negotiate looking for those needs externally or can you, or should you always be in a question of like, can I fulfill this need for myself always? And yeah, what do you think about that? I think that that's a really great question because there is something about community and there is something about, you know, having other people, but community can go away. Other mm-hmm. people can go away. Yes. It doesn't matter how fucking rock solid you think your relationship is. It could go away or the person could die. Yes. At that point, can you fulfill these needs for yourself? Mm-hmm. And so I do actually believe that it has to come from an internal place first. Yep. You can never be assured that somebody is not going to abandon you. Yes. Never. 
there's no, no surety of that because also life is not assured. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you're seeking that validation from someone else, you're, you're kind of gambling it. Right. And so it really is. And that's the hard part is because we still want that. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want, I want you to not abandon me. I need this emotional availability or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or I need this nurturing that I never got. Yes. But until that you can really like hold these most tender parts of you that are desiring this, that are craving this, that are wanting to be witnessed and heard and seen, you're never going to get that from somebody else fully. You can get close. And you can heal a lot in relationships, mm-hmm. but there's never any guarantee at our core wounds that somebody's not going to hurt you. Totally. I agree with you hundred percent on this. I love hearing your perspective and the way that you phrase it because it's, it's so in alignment with what I believe as well is that like, you know, other people can't give us love. They can't take love and put it inside of us. That's like not how that works. Like when, and other people don't give us safety, they don't give us reassurance or validation. What they're doing is like their presence gives us permission to like unlock that internally. And so it's like, it's this valve that we have control over. And we think when someone shows up in a relationship that we can open the valve and we're allowed to open the valve. Like, and the the opposite of that or the growth through that is like knowing that we are the ones that have control of the valve and we can open it and close it regardless of what's showing up in front of us. And I think that what it does is when we're constantly in an open position with that love valve, like we, and we don't need someone else to come up and mirror that to us. It gives other people the freedom to just show up as themselves around us. It creates more connection. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Like the turning up on the love valve. And I would even add in turning on the safety valve. If you feel safe inside yourself, Mm -hmm. like really safe, like I can hold my core wounds. They're going to trigger the fuck out of me sometimes, but you know what? I can hold myself through this Mm -hmm. in safety. Yes. It it allows other people to show up in your presence and begin to feel safe as well. Yeah. So Mm. I think it's the same thing with love and safety. Mm. Yes. So good. Okay. We'll end on that. Mm. I think that's a perfect place to stop. And oh my gosh, this was like such a jam packed 20 minutes of so many gems, like, holy fuck. Um, thank you so much for the conversation, Stephanie. I love you so much. Uh, where can people find you? What are the ways that they can work with you? I want to just like allow you to have an opportunity to share what it is that you have with the world. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at breathe.burn.rise <laughs> and also uh, my website, Stephanie Ray coaching. So I do one-on-one coaching containers um, using all of the tools that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And I'm also offering group inner child healing um, journeys workshop. Uh, I have one coming up. Well, it's, I mean, it's closed right now, but it's a five week and I'll be offering that again this fall. And so it's very, very potent Mm. um, stuff. And and I have a podcast I'm launching as well. That's happening in the next week. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh, yay. Okay. I highly recommend Stephanie's work. Like she's incredible. She's just a master practitioner at what she does and everyone should pay her. Everyone should work with her. So, um, I love you. Thank you again, Stephanie. And I'm going to stop the recording. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Love you back. I love you.